All right, so we're continuing on with our with our series of First Peter. So last week we started um, a new book of First Peter. So we're going through and we made it through the first few verses. And so today we're going to pick it up where we left off. Amen. Amen. So we're going to jump in. We're still in chapter one. I'm going to pick it up with verse seven. And First Peter uh, 1, 7 says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Yahushua HaMashiach. All right. So <clears throat> first thing we want to um, take note of is that your faith will be tried. You know, it speaks of the trial of your faith. Because each and every one of you, your faith will be tried. You know, even our Messiah, Yahushua's faith was tried. You know, um, let us consider Luke 9, 22 through 25, my first reader, please. And the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected of the elders, and chief priests, and scribes, and be slain, and be raised the third day. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Whosoever will, will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. But what is a man advantage if he gain the world, the whole world, and lose himself or be cast away? No, that's, that's good. Thank you. All right. So, you know, the son of man, it said in verse 22, the son of man must suffer many things. I don't understand how some people can get a, think they can get around this. They think they can get around, you know, the suffering. You can't. If, the, if, if Yahshua himself suffered many things, you know, what makes, and he's the way, then what makes you think that no one else is going to have to suffer many things? Right. He was the way. What way? The way of Elohim. The way unto everlasting life. So if you're going to obtain that, if you're going to obtain his salvation that causes you to receive everlasting life, then you're going to have to go the way he went. You know, this is um, a very deleterious doctrine that's preached in, in, in our current day and time. You know, it's preached that you know, Yahshua came and paid the price, you know, which he did, you know. And then they say, you know, he done it all, which he did. But then they say, so you don't have to, which he did. <laughs> he did not do it all so that you don't have to. He did it all so that you will know what to do. Yeah. Amen. You know, he came to set the example so that we who come behind him would know what to do. He set the example. Then he had his 12 apostles likewise set the example. Did, the, did his 12 apostles, which were still living after he ascended to be with the Father, did they suffer many things? Yes. 
So what make folks think that because they accept Yahshua as their Adonai and Savior that they don't have to suffer many things? You know, Yahshua says in verse um, 23 of Luke 9, 23, he says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Another word for this word cross is torture stake. Let him deny himself and take up his torture stake daily and follow me. Now, I know this is uh, this is not going to be a trick question, you know, but what do you think you're supposed to do when you take up your torture stake? Suffer. Suffer. Yeah. You, you should, you, you're probably going to endure some torture. Yeah, that's why it's called the torture state. You would think, right? Mm -hmm. So how do folks make this leap of they're going to pick up their torture stake and not be tortured? This is a very deleterious doctrine that's going to lead many people to Hades. That is leading many people to Hades. Yahshua didn't come to do it all so that you don't have to. He came to do it all so that you'll know what to do. He suffered many things. His apostles suffered many things. And he said, if you're going to come after him, that is, if you're going to follow him, then you're going to have to deny yourself. <gasps> I got to deny myself? There's some stuff I can't do? And take up your torture state daily. So we're not just talking about just suffering one day. We're talking about an ongoing suffering. Mm -hmm. As daily, as long as you follow him. Amen? You know, a lot of folks, they embark upon this path. You know, and after they accept the Messiah as their Adonai and Savior, they're still the same happy heathen they were before they accepted him. That's not how this thing's supposed to look. So if you have never heard of this before, you're going to hear it today. Because, you know, that's not how this thing's supposed to look. You know, and Apostle James, he teaches that those who turn want someone from the error of their ways will cover a month to his sin. Mm -hmm. It's a whole lot of people who believe this, this um, the leader is document. You want to get some sin covered? Get them to believe the truth. Mm -hmm. Say lie. All right, verse 8 says, whom having not seen, ye love. Remember Yahshua told um, Donald Thomas, Mm -hmm. said you you believe because you see mm -hmm. and because you put your hands right. in my wounds mm -hmm. for yourself mm -hmm. he said but blessed are those who believe and have not seen mm -hmm. yeah that would be us mm -hmm. amen yeah. that would be us you know says whom having not seen Ye love in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believe him. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Hallelujah. We're keeping our eyes on the prize. Amen. You know, not that we've received it yet, you know, but we're keeping our eyes on the prize as if we have. Amen. Let me have my next reader read verses 10 through 12 of 1 Peter 1. Oh, which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Ruach or Hamashiach, which was in them, is sanctified. When it testified beforehand the suffering of Messiah and the glory that shall follow, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you, the Ruach HaKodesh, sent from heaven, which the things the angels desire to look into. All right, all right, okay, so. We see here in verse 10, it says, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. We're living and understanding things that the prophets didn't. They inquired about it. They searched diligently for it. But it wasn't for them to understand during that time. Even though they prophesied of the grace that we have. You know, and so that's something important to understand that oftentimes the prophets were prophesying things of Elohim that they didn't even understand themselves. But y'all told them to write his words down. Amen. And so even though they didn't understand it themselves, at least not fully, they still had to write it down. You know, consider uh, Daniel, you know, Daniel 12, 4 says, but thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the end, to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. You know, it wasn't for Daniel at that time. He wanted to understand. He couldn't quite grasp it. But the angel told him, shut up the words, seal the book, you know, until even to the time of the end. People in the end times, they'll understand when knowledge shall be increased. And by the way, we're living during that time. Yes. Amen. Amen. You know, so I want you to um, to understand that many other prophets, even in their prophesying, didn't fully grasp everything that they were prophesying. Why? Because Yah's ways are above man's ways you know and so even though they understood some of what they said and especially that which pertained to them in in their time they didn't understand how it pertained to us you know and how it pertained to future generations you know but that is the awesomeness of, of the most high he's able to tell tell you something today that's still relevant you know, for tomorrow. 
What a mighty L we serve, right? You know, um, verse 11 says that they were searching, the, the prophets were searching what or what manner of time the Ruach of Ham, Hamashiach, which was in them, did signify. They was trying to figure it out. When it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Messiah, sufferings, sufferings of Mashiach, and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things. So you see, they wasn't, they was writing down stuff not for themselves, but for us at times. You know, so that's that's a awesome thing to know about the prophets, right? You know, uh, let us consider first keepers 113. It says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober in hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Yahushua Mashiach. You know, and I just want to point out, you know, because uh, um, Ephesians 6, 14, because, you know, it's one of the um, pieces of our armor, you know, and, and this is this is a key verse in understanding, you know, what we're told in Ephesians 6, 14. It says, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So hereby we learn that scripture speaks of the loins as your mind. So when Apostle Paul says to have your loins girt with truth, he's telling you to have truth, your, your mind girt with truth. Keep your mind surrounded with truth. Amen? Can anybody tell me what truth is? Some of his word. His word, absolutely. You know, that's what I'm talking about. That's what you used to continually keep your mind girt yeah. with. The word of Elohim. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. All right, let me have my next reader read first Kephas 1 14 through 16, please. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Hallelujah. I, I'm going to just, uh, I should have put a precursor out here from the beginning, but the happy heathen in you will not lack this message. You know, this is not one for the happy heathen, in, you know, in you, you know. Um, yeah, they, they, they won't like this message. You know, um, Kepha says, as obedient children. Key word in that statement is obedient. Amen? Yeah. Meaning you're obeying something. Yeah. Amen? You know, for so for those who said says the law is done away with, what are they obeying? <laughs> Hello, somebody. He says, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. You know, and that's just the thing. A lot of people embark upon, upon this path. You know, and they endeavor to acquire salvation. And it's so unfortunate, unfortunate that, you know, you have so many people that how that they've gotten thousands of people saved because they had them say a few words. You know, said, said, said something that they that they said they believed as soon as they heard it and confessed it with their mouth as soon as they heard it. How can you truly believe if you don't even know what it is you're believing? You know, just from a few words. You, you can't. 
you know. And so this is why, you know, many people after they're saved, they just go on in their same form of lust and ignorance. And so they, they, they will not, they will not obtain salvation. Selah. You know, because they won't be obedient children. Because the very thing that they're supposed to be obedient to, they're being told they don't have to obey. Verse 15 says, but as he which have called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, see, this is why um, you got to look some stuff up. This word conversation. You know, I'm pretty sure everybody have an idea of what a conversation is. But do you have an idea of what a conversation was in the 1600s? You know, because this word conversation is, is translated from the Greek word anastrophe, number 391, and it speaks to a manner of life or conduct or behavior. See, this isn't a bad translation, but apparently in 1611, the term conversation spoke to one's conduct or behavior, whereas today it simply speaks to an exchange of sentiments, observations, opinions, and or ideas, you know. So you can see the meaning of this term has totally been changed. And so when we read it today in our 21st century English, and it says, be ye holy in all manner of conversation, we think we're supposed to talk yeah. holy. Oh, that was just such a holy thing she said. You know, oh, he was very holy in, in his in, in his exhortation. Exhortation, you know. No, what what's being spoken of here is to be holy in all manner of life, to be holy in your conduct, to be holy in your behavior. This is what's being spoken of here. You know, so be ye holy in all manner of conduct and behavior. Now it now it reads a bit different, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, you get a get a whole different feel for the passage when you understand what's actually being said. Amen. Amen. You know, so what does it mean to be holy? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to um, Leviticus 19. And we're going to read one through five and find out. Let me have my next reader read Leviticus 19, one through five, please. And Yahuwah spake unto Moses, Moses saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, Yahuwah, your Elohim, am holy. Ye shall fear every man his mother and his father, and keep my, my Sabbath. I am Yahuwah, your Elohim. Turn ye not unto idols, nor make to yourselves molten gods. I am Yahuwah, your Elohim. And if ye offer a sacrifice of peace offering unto Yahuwah, ye shall offer it at your own will. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. Yahuwah is saying, you know, obviously, you know, Kephas is quoting Leviticus 19. You can see that, right? You know, he's quoting Leviticus um, 19. You know, and in Leviticus 19, Yah is saying, ye shall be holy, for he's holy. And he tells you how to do so. He says, ye shall fear every man, his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbaths. 
If you're not keeping your Sabbaths, then you're not being holy. I don't care how much you talk holy. If your actions aren't holy, then you're not holy. Your words may be holy, but if you're not obedient children, then you're not being holy. He says, ye shall fear every man his mother and father. If you're not honoring your parents, you're not being holy. You know, he says, turn ye not unto idols, nor make to yourselves molten gods. If you're turning to idols, if you're putting anything before Yah, let me put it that way. If you're putting anything before Yah, then you're not being holy. Now, verse five is there in case you messed up. Because, you know, even a righteous man falls seven times. I mean, we get back up again. He says, and if ye offer a sacrifice of peace offerings. What is a peace offering? A peace offering is an offering you give unto Yah that ye might make amends. You might realize ah, I messed up. And so you want to make amends. You want to you want to come back into peace because when you mess up, you know, um, you know, Yah can turn his face from you. Yah can be, be actually begin to turn against you. Yeah. And so you may, you know, kind of feel some licks going upside your head. And and and, and you may say, oh, oh, I, I messed up. It may, it may cause you to remember that you messed up and, and you may want to make peace with Yah. Now the same thing goes for your, your brother or your sister as well in the faith. You know, you, you may mess up with someone you know, but you can make peace by giving them an offering. Amen? Amen. And this is what the peace offerings were for. You know, whether you messed up, you know, with uh, with Yah or you messed up with your fellow man. Usually when it was with your fellow fellow man, it was um, uh, more of a, uh, what do they call it, um, trespass offering. You know, but nevertheless, you wanted to make peace, you gave an offering. Amen? Mm -hmm. But if you make a peace offering with Yah, it has to be of your own will. And that's hugely important. Because it's not going to be accepted as a peace offering if it's not of your own will. Mm -hmm. If someone makes you do it, then it's not a peace offering. So if you're doing it because someone is compelling you to do so, you might as well not even do it. That's a guilt offering. Well, yeah, you have the guilt offering as well. You know, um, and the guilt offering actually, you know, is also like when you messed up and you're feeling guilty about what you what you've done, you know. But this peace offering is when you want to make amends. You know, and maybe you already offered your guilt offering, but yet you still feel bad. You still feel like, you know, 
I should do something extra. Mm. And so you want to throw in a peace offering as well. You know, or with your brother or sister, and you already gave your trespass offering, but they still mad. So you want to give a peace offering as well to try to make amends. You know, so if you offer a sacrifice of peace offering, it should you should offer it at your own free will. You know, and that's the difference, you know, because like the guilt offering, the sin offering, you know, you're commanded to do so. But the peace offering is totally up to you. There's no command that says you have to give a peace offering. It's just something that you choose to do. This is why Sid, you should offer it at your own will. You don't see those words with the other offerings. You know, so I just want folks to understand that. So, because sometimes you don't even know if you're dead or nothing wrong at all. You just know things aren't going well for you. And so you may want to offer a peace offering just in case. You know, I don't know what I did. I don't think I did nothing, but I must have done something because stuff just not going my way. I'm just going to make sure I'm at peace. I'm going to give y'all an offer. That's why, you know, sometimes you'll hear me refer to this as the JB offering or just because offering. Just because you, you, yeah. First Kings uh, 117, and if you call on the Father who without respect of person, judge according to every man's work. Past the time of your sojourning here in fear. Now, this is huge. If you call on the Father who without respect of person, judge according to every man's work. Every man is going to be judged according to their works. You're going to be judged by your works. You know, hence, Kepha says, pass the time of your sojourning because while we're here in this life, we're like pilgrims and strangers. Amen? We're like pilgrims and strangers. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we're like pilgrims and strangers traveling through this lifetime. You know, so he says, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Fear Elohim. Fear Elohim. Fear his word. Because he's going to judge every man according to their works. If you don't have no works, you're going to be found wanting. Amen? Amen. Now, this is not to be confused with the works of the law that Apostle Paul references in such verses as Galatians 3.10 and Romans 2.20. You know, let me have my next reader read Galatians 3.10 and Romans 2.20. For as many as of the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. 
Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. We have Apostle Paul. See, and this is why Apostle Paul twists a lot of people up. And we have a lot of Paul haters. But, um, you know, I love Paul. That's my guy. It's, he says, for as many as the works of the law are under the curse. You know, for as many as of, are, for many as of the works of the law are under the curse. You know, in Romans 2.20, um, it's, it's the same wording. They just, for whatever reason, they translated instead of works, they translated deeds. It says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, but it, it's actually the same word, which is um, actually uh, ergon. And uh, I believe it's um, Strong's number 2061, if I'm not mistaken. You know, um, you know, but it's the same word in both passages. You know, they translated deeds in Romans and works in, in Galatians. You know, now, the interesting thing is, you know, that the Yahudim had a colloquialism or a slang term that referenced the works of the law. You know, and we notice, you know, from the Dead Sea Scrolls, this has tripped so many people up and still do. But since the, the, um, the revealing of the Dead Sea Scrolls, we now know what Paul was talking about. You know, that said, allow me to introduce you to one of the Dead Sea Scrolls. It's known as 4QMMT. It's an acronym from the Hebrew words, misquat, ma'aseh, ha-torah. You know, and it's the same phrase that's being used in these two passages. You know, it effectively translates to the select works of Torah or the select works of the law. You know, now, uh, as uh, this uh, scroll points out, these works of the law were of the, the oral law, not the written word of Elohim. It was the oral law. And within the scroll, they had several examples um, of these works of the, of the law. And they had to do with various um, points that they deemed you know, important, you know, and how one was supposed to act, you know, in conjunction with them, you know, and these were known as the deeds of the law. And within this scroll, it also even teaches that one is actually saved by doing those works of the law. See, and this is why Apostle Paul, this is why he was so adamant about not being of the works of the law and saying the um, works of the law are under the curse, you know, and that no flesh should be justified in his sight, you know, by these works of the law. He wasn't speaking of doing the word of Elohim. He was speaking about doing these traditions of men, the very traditions of men that Yahshua spoke out against, you know, and the very same traditions of men that even Kephas speak out against in the very next verse. You know, so I just wanted to um, point this out so that folks don't get misconstrued because a lot of people, they read this and say, see, you're not even supposed to do nothing in the, um, in the law. You know, that's, that's done away with. Well, which is ludicrous. You know, because we see Yahshua doing those things. In fact, we see Apostle Paul doing those things and he the one who said it. So either he was bipolar Mm. <laughs> or some folks are misunderstanding some things. 
Yeah, and, and Keith has actually worn that many other sayings of uh, Apostle Paul are hard to understand and that people wrestle with them to their own demise. You know, and so, you know, this scroll, this Dead Sea scroll for QMT actually proves that. You know, because it's folks who took these two passages and made a whole doctrine out of it. You know, a whole different, whole different gospel. You know, this is where, you know, that, that the leader is doctrine I was talking about um, previously, you know, where everything's done for you and you don't have to do nothing. All you got to do is say a few words, you know, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and, and that's it. You're saved. Presto change on. You know, you, you went from sinner to saint, just like that. You know, which is preposterous. This is why you have, you know, Apostle John, you know, saying, you know, he who is righteous is he who does righteousness. You know, righteousness is as righteousness does. You know, you're not, it's not presto changeo. It's not some magic words that you pronounce and that's, and that's it and that's all. Don't you? I mean, anybody who, you know, should be able to think through that and see, like, you know, that's, that's just sound a little too easy. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, you know, and surely it is. So in verse 18, we see for, um, in First Kings 1, 1.18, it says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation. Here go that word again. You know, that's that's that same word, uh, you know, received by tradition from your fathers. Now, Peter is, in fact, referring to the works of the law. Apostle Paul spoke of in Galatians 3.10 and Romans 2.20. You know, we can safely conclude this for such traditions are said to be vain and received from their fathers, where Yah's law is never vain. And they weren't received of their fathers. They were received of Elohim. Amen. You know, and so we see in 1 Timothy 1, 8 through 10, it says, but we know that Torah is good if a man use it lawfully. You know, it's good. It's not vain. Knowing this, that Torah is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy and profane. Now remember what um, Apostle Kephas was saying, that be ye holy even as Yah is holy? Yeah. You cannot be holy without Torah. Right. Neither can you be clean without Torah. And that's what, speaking about being profane, it means to be unclean. You know, so you can't be clean nor holy without Torah. And so people tell you, you know, the law is done away with. You don't need none of that. You don't got to do none of that. Well, you'll never be holy as Yah is holy, and you'll never be clean as he's clean. And Yah is not going to dwell in an unclean place. He only dwells in a holy temple. Not an unholy. Amen. It goes on to say, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. So you can't not be holy as Yah is holy without Torah. It's impossible. 
Let me have my next reader read verses 19 through 22. But with the precious blood of the Messiah as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do, we, do believe in Elohim that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in Elohim. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Ruach unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Hallelujah. Okay, so so we see what we were redeemed with the precious blood of Messiah, the lamb without blemish and without spot. That's what we're supposed to be seeking after, to be without blemish and without spot. Amen. What do we read about the 144,000 in Revelation? You know, they were unblemished and without spot. Amen. You know, that is the high price. That's the goal that we're supposed to be reaching for. Well, that's the goal I'm reaching for anyway. You know, um, that's the high call. Now, there's a high call. There are also lower calls. Maybe you're satisfied with a lower call. Me, myself, I'm going for the high call. You know, now, verse 22 says, seeing ye have purified your souls. Now, this purified speaks to being clean. You know, it's, hence, um, I was saying uh, just a second ago about you have to be clean and holy. You know, and here's keepers, he's bringing in the clean part. You know, have your souls purified. How you do that? In obeying the truth. Amen. In obeying the truth through the Ruach unto, this is a big little word right here, unto unfeigned love of the brethren. You know, unto mean that just because you obey the truth through the Ruach, you know, one or two times, you, you haven't made it. You know, you you, you know, just because you obey the truth, you haven't made it. You gotta keep doing it unto unfeigned love of the brother. You know, it's a process. You know, it's a journey. You have to reach that destination. Yes. Hence, he says, "See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently." You know, obeying the truth. What is truth? Yochanan 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. Amen? You know, so this is how you're purified. This is how you're made holy. How dare anyone say that any words of the Most High are done away with? That's like saying Yah is done away with. Well, parts of him is done away with. He is perfect. He is complete. Can't do away with any of them. He's permanent. Period. You know, and also um, to heal him, 119, 160, the sum of your word is truth. And all your righteous right rulings are forever. You know, so you have to obey the word. Yes, the word from Genesis to Revelation. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, not just the word that you like mm -hmm. or not just the word that you want, but you have to obey the word, period, period. all the word. Now get this, verse 23 through 25. Um, it's in verse 23, it says, being born again. Now remember, we was talking about this last week, amen? Mm -hmm. You know, he says, being born again. Now he's gonna tell you how you can be born again. 
not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of Elohim. So hereby we learn that the word of Elohim is an incorruptible seed. Amen. Which liveth and abideth forever. Why does it liveth and abideth forever? Because Yahshua is the word. Yep. You know, and so you can't do away with any of it without doing away with him. Amen. Amen. You know, and this is why it's not going nowhere. It's why it's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You know, and if you're going to be born again, you have to be born again of the word. And when you become born again of the word, you're going to walk different. You're going to talk different. You're going to look different. Because you're going to be different. Amen? Amen. You know, so there's no one who is born of the word and still looking at like the time before they were born of the word. Amen? Amen? So, I want you to get that. Because you need all the words you can get. Yeah. This is why when I baptize people, I fully immerse them under the water. And I tell them, I got to bring you back up. Because I, I don't want to. But I got to bring you back up. Because if I don't, they call that murder. You know? And that's not what I'm here to do. But I'm here so that you can get the picture that you have to keep yourself fully immersed in the water of the word until there's a permanent change. See, and this is how you're born of the word of Elohim. By keeping yourself fully immersed in it until there's a permanent change. Now, there will be a merger of yourself and the word. You'll never be the word. But you should never be the same as before you went into that water, right? Right. Amen? Amen. You should become a new creature in Mashiach because you're a blending of the two. He says in verse 24, for all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Adonai endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Everything in the gospel was foretold. It was in Genesis through Malachi before it even got into um into the uh the uh matthew luke um john and mark you know or matthew luke mark and john before it was even in there it was already in torah it was already in the old testament scriptures i mean you know the brick kind of shy you know just came to complete it you know and this is why it said that the Old Testament is the New Testament because um, the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed and the Old Testament is the New Testament conceived. Mm -hmm. You know, you truly need both of them. Yes. And this is why I tell folks the only page that you can get rid of out of the word is the one betwixt Malachi and and um, gets the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And it's blank. Yep. 
That's the only one you can get rid of because it's one book. It's only one book. You know, so that's all I have for you today. Pray on the blessing.